Let's go to the rural news now with Sally Murphy in Christchurch. Kia ora, Sally. Uh, relief. Seasonal workers from Samoa will arrive this month. Kia ora, Max. Yeah, you may remember recently the Samoan government announced it wouldn't let people leave Samoa to work in seasonal jobs in Australia and New Zealand because too many skilled workers were heading offshore. That had the horticulture industry here worried as it relies on the workers to get through the busy fruit harvest. But Samoa's acting Prime Minister has confirmed the continuation of the RSE scheme for February. Hawke's Bay fruit grower Paul Painter, who is busy harvesting at the moment, says the decision is a big relief. Well, right now we're about 100 staff short across both picking and in the packhouse uh, and we're expecting 50 more to arrive uh, in February from Samoa. The biggest challenge now will be getting the visas processed, which is always a challenge. Uh, and I think there's 1,400 people from Samoa coming over in February and that's a lot of work to be done by the visa office. So we'll see what happens there. Could still be some delays yet. Paul Painter says he understands why Samoa is reviewing the scheme, but says conversations should be had after the harvest wraps up. The tail end of New Zealand's $150 million avocado export season has been cut short by recent torrential rain. Seeker grows and exports avocados grown in Bay of Plenty and Northland. Its chief executive, Michael Frank, says it's not safe to operate harvesting ladders on extremely waterlogged ground. He says export volumes will be down because the window for sending fruit offshore will close before picking can restart. Well, look, I guess it's probably 5%, to be honest. Um, and so, but we're at the tail end. But still, you know, the, um, the export market returns a lot more than the local market, probably double. So we're just missing a little bit more money for our avocado grass. Michael Frank says this is the third year in a row growers have had low returns, so some will be losing money. A forestry leader says the industry accepts issues with forestry slash and tairawhiti have tarnished its image. Last month, the east coast was battered by cyclone hail, which caused significant flooding and dragged forestry debris down hillsides, damaging farms, properties and infrastructure. The government is now planning an independent review into management practices on erosion-prone land in the region. The Forest Owners Association's Chief Executive David Rhodes supports that work. I mean, it's definitely tarnished our image, and and we have to live with that. Uh, and and um, and I think could we have done better? Yes, we could have. Um, so we we have to we have to take that on board. We have to accept that, and we're going to have to change. And I'm I'm comforted that that change is happening, um, but I'm quite clear as well that more is going to be needed. David Rhodes says forestry companies are already working on solutions to prevent slash, such as planting high-risk areas in natives or other species, improving engineering standards on skid sites and picking up more debris during harvest. A number of the companies are actually looking at doing a risk assessment across the forest, so each of the forests will have its own uh, areas of risk categorisation. The ones that they are concerned about, they've, they're looking at specifications to limit the, the, the cutting rate. So your rate of cut or the volume that you're taking out over a particular time will be reduced. David Rhodes says forestry crews are out in the region trying to pick up debris that has has moved but hasn't made it to waterways just yet. Right, it's time to get the latest from the sale yards around the country. I spoke to our regular guest, Suze Bremner from AgriHQ, a little earlier today. Hi Suze, has all the bad weather impacted the sales at all? I'm really feeling for those that are affected by the recent rain and flooding and my thoughts really do go out to those that are having to have those big clean-ups. We did see some impact on sales, though for many, of course, selling stock is probably the least of their concerns at the moment. 
So going forward, though, we will likely see more coming out due to the flood damage. Though, of course, by the same token, access issues to actually get stock to sale would be ongoing. The Kaikohi and Dargaville sales were cancelled, as was the Tuakau sheep sale. Pukakoi and the Wellsford store cattle sale were actually not on anyway due to the long weekend. And what about the other North Island sales? Well, looking a bit further south, and tallies are still pretty low at most of the yards around the North Island. Salford Lodge was an exception, selling 640 mainly good traditional types on a strong grass-fed market. So most of the R3 traditional steers sold for $3.34 to $3.55 a kilo. And interestingly, similar money was paid for R2 traditional heifers, which proved to be very popular. And how did the recent South Island Ufears go? Well, there's not too, not too many South Island Ufears happening these days, but the two significant ones are at Harwarden and Tamuka. So Howard and actually celebrated 125 years last Friday, though a sign of the times this year was a much smaller yarding. So top Corridor Tudus made $166 to $195, and most older Romney ewes sold for $84 to $140. And Tamuka's adult ewe fair tallies were down to $8,300 this year from $11,000 last year. That was enough for the buying bench to absorb, though, and five-year Romney ewes sold for 125 to 156, while the top four-tooth Coopdale ewes managed 197 to 221 dollars, and annual draft Perindale sold for 111 to 124 dollars. That's Suze Bremner from AgriHQ. And just lastly, a South Canterbury arable farmer says he won't be reclaiming his wheat harvest world record this season. Back in 2020, Eric Watson, who grows crops near Ashburton, set a world record by producing a massive 17.4 tonnes of wheat per hectare. To put that in perspective, an average yield is about 12 tonnes. But he's just been knocked off his perch by British farmer Tim Lehman, who produced 17.9 tonnes per hectare. Eric Watson says that's a hefty record. Oh, very impressive, very impressive. Yeah, yeah, it'll be an extremely hard record to break. It's very impressive. Um, Carnage per hefty. Well done to him. It's, it's just, you know, it's quite pleasing that somebody else can grow good wheat. Mr Watson says this year's crop won't be a record breaker as he had a wet spring and there hasn't been enough sunshine hours. And that's the rural news for this week. Koe rā te porongo o te tai whenua.